of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 10. I'm Alex Beaudry. Uh, I am all alone today. Mike will be back with us this weekend um, as we get into the NFC and AFC East. And I'm sure we'll talk more about Pro Bowls, which is the topic of today's episode. So last night... The AFC and NFC rosters were announced for the 2022 Pro Bowl. So this episode is all about Pro Bowl finances. We're going to talk about what a player gets paid to participate in the Pro Bowl game, uh, some injury protections, and then we'll look at some individual contract parameters where, where a player may earn additional money for making the Pro Bowl team. In terms of being paid to be on the Pro Bowl team, this is going to be under Article 38 of the CBA. So there's a whole section of the collective bargaining agreement that addresses Pro Bowl pay, and that is Article 38 again. The winning team players will receive $80,000 for participating in the game. The losing team players will will receive $40,000. So there is what I'm going to call an incentive to win the Pro Bowl. If you've watched the Pro Bowl, I mean, it's a glorified scrimmage. Mainly, it's a seven-on-seven game. Um, Players are pretty smart about it. There's no sense in getting hurt um, at the Pro Bowl. Um, And we'll talk about some injury protections in just a moment. But Uh, there is some incentive to be on the winning team. So Article 38 also addresses how players are selected to the Pro Bowl. Players are selected by a voting process. It includes one-third of the votes from the fans, one-third coaches, and then one-third players. So they look at those three different groups, fans, coaches, and players. They tally up the votes. And then players are selected to the Pro Bowl. If you make a Pro Bowl, your spouse is able to attend with you. Uh, Your spouse's airplane, hotel, and meal allowances are all covered. So it's kind of a nice little benefit. You can bring your your spouse with you. They can enjoy the game. Uh, This year the game's in Vegas. So that would be a nice little trip out to the desert uh, in the middle of January. Okay, so I mentioned about injury protection. I think the biggest thing on players' minds is don't get hurt. It's uh, not worth it, Uh, again, for a glorified walkthrough or a seven-on-seven scrimmage. uh, No sense in ruining your career. But the NFL and the NFLPA in the CBA have agreed to some, some level of injury protection uh, in order to help players if something is to happen is to happen because injuries can happen and uh, we, we want to protect players the best we can. Plus, I think they want to incentivize players to participate. So if a player is hurt in a Pro Bowl game or practice 
and he misses a regular season game in the following season, he's protected under these injury protections in Article 38. So if he's under contract for the following season, so let's say, uh, who would be a good example of this? Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, at least as of today, still under contract uh, to play with the Green Bay Packers uh, in the 2022 regular season. If he were to get hurt in the Pro Bowl this year and he misses a game for next year, the team is is obligated to pay the weekly installments of his contract. So basically it's guaranteeing his paragraph 5 salary for next year for any game he may miss due to injury in the Pro Bowl game. If a player is not under contract, so for example, Devontae Adams, who is entering free agency this year, he too is guaranteed some injury compensation under you know the player benefit side of the collective bargaining agreement. And the injury compensation shall be 117th of the greater of 110% of his prior year paragraph five salary, so his base salary. So essentially giving the player a 10% raise for next year. Or what they call Pro Bowl starters pay. And how that's calculated is they look at 150% of the average of the prior year paragraph five salaries. So what they, at that position. So they look at, let's, uh, we'll use Devonta Adams again. They will look at all of the paragraph five salaries for wide receivers who have started eight or more games. And then they times that by 1.5 or 150%. So it's the greater of those two. So if in Devonta Adams case, they'll look at 110% of his 2021 salary versus what 150% of the average of wide receivers who started at least eight games They'll compare those two numbers, and he will get the greater of for the weeks that he may miss due to injury in a Pro Bowl game or practice. Furthermore, depending on the injury that is incurred, a player may also qualify for a lump sum payment of either $1 million or $500,000, depending on the severity of the injury. Uh, This is outlined in Appendix T. And they list out, you know, in excruciating detail, you know, what injuries qualify for the two different types of lump lump sum payments. And, you know, for example, an ACL injury, it, it has to meet very specific criteria for the player to qualify for either that $1 million or $500,000 lump sum payment. Last thing, players are paid within 15 days of the game. So once the game is concluded, uh, players will get their either $80,000 or $40,000 uh, within two, basically two weeks of, of the game. So that is, in a nutshell, how players are compensated for the actual game itself. There are huge incentives for players to reach a Pro Bowl in individual contracts. So the game itself, if I don't have a Pro Bowl incentive or I'm not on my rookie deal, 
you know, the game itself is not a lot of money, 40,000 or $80,000 to someone who's making, you know, $20 million a year isn't exactly life-changing money. However, some veterans will have reaching a Pro Bowl as an incentive in their contract where it can be a lot of money. One example of that this year uh, was Miami Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. Um, according to Joel Corey, who's a, a great follow on Twitter, former NFL agent, Xavier Howard had a $1 million incentive in his current contract to be selected to the Pro Bowl. Uh, what's crazy about Xavier Howard is this is his third Pro Bowl appearance, and he was also selected to the Pro Bowl team last year. What makes that interesting is when a veteran or, or a rookie, for that matter, has an incentive baked in their contract, it boils down to whether that incentive is likely to be earned or not likely to be earned. And the difference between the two depends on where that salary cap amount is calculated. So, for example, if, it, if an incentive is likely to be earned, what that means is the player would have reached that incentive in the prior season. So let's look at let's look at receiving yards. Let's say in 2020 I had as a wide receiver a thousand yards receiving. And then in my 2021 contract year, I have an incent or I have an incentive for a million dollars if I if I have at least 900 receiving yards. Well, because I had a thousand yards in the year prior, we assume that I'm going to have the same amount of receiving yards in the following year. In this case, a thousand. So that one million dollar incentive is calculated in my 2021 salary cap amount because it's likely to be earned. If we do the, the flip side and we say, I have an incentive for 1,100 receiving yards, and in the previous year I only had 1,000, that incentive would be considered not likely to be earned. If an incentive is not likely to be earned, if I earn that incentive, it's not calculated until the following season. So in 2021, I have 1,200 receiving yards. I meet my $1 million incentive. That million dollars will count against the 2022 salary cap. So it's kicked forward into the next year, and then teams will have to uh, calculate that. So that's the difference between likely to be earned versus not likely to be earned. It's important for teams to understand that because it depends on where that amount is going to hit their salary cap. And it's going to depend on that likely to be earned versus not likely to be earned. So going back to Xavier Howard, he made the Pro Bowl last year as well. So his $1 million incentive to reach the Pro Bowl this year was considered likely to be earned. So even though he just earned it and he's going to get that million dollar incentive, the Dolphins have been carrying that $1 million incentive on their 2021 salary cap books this entire time because the incentive was considered likely to be earned. Kind of crazy that you know making a Pro Bowl is considered likely to be earned, but because he did it last year, that would be the case. 
if he had not reached the Pro Bowl last year, this $1 million incentive that he earned last night after being selected to the Pro Bowl would not have hit the Dolphins' salary cap until next year. So an important distinction there, um, kind of interesting. In terms of having a Pro Bowl selection as an incentive, only veteran contracts can have that as an incentive. So rookie deals, players on their first contract, they have very specific things that can be negotiated. A Pro Bowl selection is not one of them. Um, so if you do see someone who has, you know, being selected to a Pro Bowl as an incentive, uh, that's going to be someone who's on at least their second contract and is considered a veteran contract. That's not to say that being selected to a Pro Bowl is not important to players on their rookie deals because the truth of the matter is it's extremely important. I talked about this a little bit in episode number four when I looked at rookie contracts, but it's worth revisiting um, in light of the Pro Bowl selections that came out last night. Four rookies who were selected in the first round when it comes to calculating their fifth-year options, Pro Bowls are extremely important. So again, for first-round picks, after their third year is completed, the team must decide whether or not to offer that player their fifth-year option. So now we're going into players who were drafted in the 2019 NFL Draft because they would have played in 2019, 2020, and 2021. This is their third season. At the end of this season, and before May 3rd, I believe, uh, teams must decide whether or not to offer that player their fifth-year option. The amount of that option is calculated based on four different levels. The first two levels are going to depend on playing time. So it's whether or not, you know, I averaged um, playing in 75% of my team's snaps, either on offense or defense, in two of the first three years, or a cumulative average of 75% in the first three years, or play in at least 50% of the snaps in each season. If I was able to do that, I'm going to reach level two. If I wasn't, I'm going to be stuck at level one. The for in terms of pro bowls the most important thing are tiers three and four because if i reach tier three it's because i was selected to one pro bowl and if i reach tier four it's because i was selected to two or more the the third tier is equal to the transition tender so what they do is they okay i i a good example of this was Lamar Jackson last year. He was selected to one Pro Bowl, so he reached level three. And his fifth-year option was the average of the cap percentage of the top 10 prior year salaries at that position. Level four, if a player was to make it, is the franchise tender, which is the average of the five highest salaries at that position in the prior year. So if we look at this, in tiers two versus three versus four, Baker Mayfield has never been to a Pro Bowl. So when the Browns picked up his fifth-year option 
his fifth year salary was worth $18.8 million. Lamar Jackson, in the year that he won MVP, was selected to a Pro Bowl. That was his only Pro Bowl in the first three years. But he still reached level three. His fifth-year option amount was $23 million. So that's a $4.2 million jump between those two, those two players. So it was extremely important for Lamar Jackson to reach a Pro Bowl. Last night, Kyler Murray was selected to his second Pro Bowl. So he's been selected to two Pro Bowls in his first three year, first three years, excuse me. So he will, when the Cardinals pick up his fifth year option at the end of this season, which they will, his fifth year option will be equal to the franchise tender. And again, uh, Joel Corey tweeted about this last night. The 2022 franchise tag value for quarterbacks is expected to be about $29.7 million. So it's not a perfect comparison because we're looking at two different years, but Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option was worth, was worth $23 million. Kyler Murray's is going to be worth almost $30. Uh, so an extremely important connection there for rookies to make Pro Bowls. And the fact that Kyler was able to do it twice in his first three years, extremely valuable to himself. And quite frankly, if I was an Arizona Cardinals fan, it's a detriment to the Cardinals because even though he, Kyler Murray is likely to get an, a contract extension, teams will extend them after their fifth year option. So he may get the extension this year, but the the contract won't kick in until after the conclusion of his fifth year because teams in order to remain competitive want to keep that player on their rookie deal as long as possible well in kyler's case that fifth year option isn't going to save them a ton of money because you know he'll get a huge signing bonus and once we prorate that you know, it's it's going to add on to that fifth year option amount anyway, and he's already going to be making thirty million dollars. So the Cardinals are really going to lose out on a year of what I would call an inexpensive quarterback, especially for a quarterback of Kyler's caliber. So the Cardinals, as crazy as this sounds, probably would have preferred Kyler not to get selected to that second Pro Bowl because it's going to add about. $5 million or so to their um, salary cap amount that they're now going to have to account for. So that's how it works for first-round picks. Pro Bowls are going to impact the fifth-year option amount. For players drafted in the second through seventh rounds, Pro Bowls also matter to them because it affects their year four salary in their proven performance escalators. So for any player drafted in rounds two through seven, they have a mechanism to increase their year four paragraph five salary. And it's going to be, again, based on playing time and Pro Bowls. So there are only three levels to a pr proven performance escalator or PPE. The first two levels are going to be based on playing time. Um, they can reach the third level by being selected to a Pro Bowl. The amount that will be earned is tied to a pretty technical um, 
calculation. It's based on how restricted free agents are paid. And, you know, again, I'll probably do a whole nother episode on, you know, restricted free agency and calculations of those amounts. The important thing to know in light of Pro Bowl compensation is that the difference is 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 pretty dramatic for these these players who are still on their rookie deals. So um, a player who reaches the second level PPE is shown in the collective bargaining agreement when they're they're walking through an example of this to have a salary of about two point six million dollars. Where if I reached level three, I'm shown to have a salary of $3.9 million. So a difference of almost $1.3 million. Uh, so again, extremely valuable. And that gap will continue to grow as we as we progress into future years and the salary cap amounts go up. So um, teams and players both have a lot riding on these Pro Bowl selections as it has a rather dramatic effect on player compensation. So congratulations to all of those players who were selected to Pro Bowls. A lot of money was made or lost last night if I did not get selected to a Pro Bowl. You know, if I, was, if I felt like I was snubbed as a player, um, there's probably some real-life financial implications to not being selected. So um, congrats to those who made it. Um, I'm sure on Sunday when I get together with Mike, we'll walk through the the Pro Bowl lineups and talk about any snubs or um, who we thought should have made it and didn't or who made it and shouldn't have. Um, but those lineups are out and are available. They were announced last night. And again, congrats to those who made it. So that's what I had on tap for today's episode. Um, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share it. You can follow my Substack where I write about things like this on a daily basis. Uh, if you just search Impact Sports Management on Substack, you should find it. You can follow me on Twitter at Impact Sports Management or on Instagram at Impact Sports underscore football. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Please share it if you enjoyed it. Also, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Um, hopefully you all will be able to spend some time with your families and enjoy some time off of work and relax, eat lots of cookies, lots of eggnog, everything that goes with the holidays. Please have a very, very Merry Christmas, and I will talk to all of you this weekend. Thank you. Bye.